we start a series just on relationships. Um, we start with Mother's Day. We're talking a little bit about uh, moms and, and that every one of us has one or had one, um, but also that um, God's designed a much bigger plan for moms, whether you're a bio mom or not, but that, that heart uh, and, and the, the things that God's wired into you for the, for the family of Christ. And uh, we're blessed to have you uh, at, in, in, as a part of this family. Uh, there's a part that we were talking about being honoring to, uh, to mothers and also having that, that sense of honor uh, for one another that we value those around us. Uh, last week, we looked at first things first, having the relationship with Christ being primary in our lives. Because if it's not, our other relationships are being affected. Uh, it, the, the relationship that we have with God, is, as we learn to just keep that forefront in our lives, we talked about that, having God ever before me. Uh, again, these, uh, a text verse every day, that's a great way to help uh, see that happen in your life. But, but realizing that every day you got about 980 minutes that you get to spend awake. How many of those minutes and moments were focused on God? Did you do your week with God this, uh, this uh, past week? Were there moments that you said, hey, I, I did this with God. Somebody shared with me before service even that they were at work and uh, they, had to, they, had to, they had to move something into a place that they said, that, that this does not go through that. Uh, this piano does not go through that door and around that corner and up the stairs. And to tell the owner of the house, yeah, that, that's not going you know, to happen. And to walk out in the lawn and just be, say, God, I don't know what to do. Can you give me some of that wisdom Mark talks about on Sunday? And all of a sudden, it's like this idea, this thought came, do this. And we're like, oh, well, okay. Goes back in, said, we're doing this. And sure enough, it goes in. Why? Be doing life, doing regular life with God. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, we looked at staying connected to Holy Spirit. Uh, we've talked in Galatians about walking in the Spirit. And it said, you know, you, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh, but you're also going to have something grow in your life. And it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And that directly affects relationships. It does. You know, what's love for? To share with others. What's peace for? You know, to be a rock when someone else is going through craziness. Uh, you know, it's to have some real joy that carries you through some, some tough situations. And a, a lot of times, you know, your marriage may be in, in a really bad place, but there's this joy and this strength. It ain't happy, but it's strong and it's carrying you through. Kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, they all affect relationships in our lives. And relationships are great. They are. They're what make, they're what make life uh, happen. I mean, the, the friends we have, the people we know, it's, it's, it's a great part of, uh, of life, but it also is the, the one thing that can bring incredible heartache uh, into your life. And that's why we want to talk about it uh, for, for a few weeks. We want to just take a look at what's, what's, uh, how do you do relationships right? What is God talking about uh, in, in his word as far as relationships go? This book is not obsolete. This book, uh, even though it's thousands of years old, it understands the human heart of today. And I, I would challenge and encourage you this morning, as we talk about friendships, that you think about that in relation to life. Because the things that we learn about relationship to friends work in your marriage. They work at your job site. They work in your family. They work with your children. Uh, and because they're principles. They're just things that God has set in place. So we want to we kind of take a look um, at that. About a year and a half ago, I, I shared a message here called Want Friends. For those of you who are like, man, I really want friends and I just can't seem to get any. Uh, there's, it's online, so you can listen to it. It's, uh, it's 10 different thoughts of, hey, you might be doing this, and that's why you have no friends. Uh, or, you know, here's something you should be doing if you want friends. And it, it's, uh, we're going to kind of tie, tie on from that. So this is a series that goes like a, a year and a half. But, but um, one of the things that you think about right now is we are in the living in the time where you could be the closest uh, 
or have the most opportunities for connection. You know, uh, Carrier Pigeon and SOS are long gone. Now it's Facebook, Pinterest. You know, if you're not into words, just send a picture. Uh, there's, there's Twitter. There's whatever else, email. You've got all these opportunities to stay connected. Cell phones, uh, and yet uh, loneliness is, is epidemic right now. They're saying that it, the social media is actually doing the opposite in, uh, in, our, in our cultures, that people are becoming less connected with people uh, in, in relational ways. They're, they're more connected mechanically, less connected emotionally and from the heart. Why? Because we're not designed to operate through that type of thing. I'm not, not anti-Facebook, so don't send me the emails. It's all good. Um, uh, what I am saying, though, is that all, in all of us, we've been designed to have a, a desire for genuine friendship. I saw this quote and I wanted to read to you. What is a friend? By friendship, you mean the greatest love, the greatest usefulness, the most open communication, the noblest sufferings, the severest truth, the heartiest counsel, and the greatest union of minds of which brave men and women are capable. Thought as I thought about all those things, I thought, yeah, you know what? I want someone like that in my court. I want to have friendships like that. I want the relationship with my wife to, to sound like that. That yeah, we are there uh, for each other. Proverbs um, Proverbs talks about it too. It says a friend loves at all times, and a brother is there through adversity. Uh, those are things where you think, man, yeah, you know, in my toughest times, I want a friend who's going to be there for so many. That's why I like dogs, by the way, because dogs, you know, man's best friend. You know, they, they're always happy to see you when, it's even, especially when they're wet, you know, then they're, then they're like the most friendly thing on the planet. Uh, uh, and that's why I don't like cats, you know, because they're like, they, you come home, they could care less, you know. They're like man's best dog food. So um, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, uh, it just talks about this idea of two being better than one. And we use it in weddings all the time because we talk about marriage. Hey, two is better than one. You know, when, when one's going through a, a tough time, the other can pick him up. When one's cold, the other keeps him warm. When one is fighting, well, they can stand back to back and they can fight uh, for each other. But it's not really talking about marriage. It doesn't say husband and wife. It says two. It could be two friends, two people who've got that same thought of, hey, I mean, I'm for this other person. And what they're going through, I'm going through walking through it with them. And, and that desire is in all of us. It, it, it's there to have those kind of relationships. Uh, Jesus had it. You know, as he was walking uh, the planet, he had 12 guys that hung around with him every day. He did life with those people. Did they always get along? No. Sometimes he had to rebuke them, be like, hey, you knuckleheads, you know, you sons of thunder. Like, you guys got attitude problems, anger issues. What is your deal? Uh, who cares who's the greatest in the kingdom? Uh, let me tell you. And, and he'd have life lessons with them. But it wasn't like, hey, you know what? He even told Peter, get behind me, Satan, once. And yet they were buddies again a little later on. It wasn't that their, their relationships were, were destroyed. And you know, that, that, that's that thought. God's wired it in us to have friendships that, uh, that are genuine. So I want to look at a couple principles today. They're not really in any particular order. Uh, and they're not geared specifically to anyone here. I know we talk a lot. And I know I know stuff about you. I didn't write this message with you in mind, okay? Uh, so if you feel like offended, don't send me the emails. Come talk to me in person. We'll talk about that soon. So now, number one, want friends. Uh, something we talked about. If you want friends, you know, I'll give you just one good tip. Be friendly. You say, wow, that's, that's genius, Mark. I mean, that is like so basic. And yet, and, and I didn't come up with it, honest. So I'll turn to Proverbs 18, 24. It says this, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Uh, th this, it says, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, there, there's something great in having friendships that, you know, that water can be thicker than blood. 
You know, you can have friendships that are in this building that are not your, you know, they're not your relatives, and yet those relationships can become even stronger. Jesus said the same thing. One day uh, they came up to him and said, hey, Jesus, your mom and your bros, they're like outside and want to talk to you. He's like, well, who are my mother and my brothers? He says, look around. The people who are here listening, following me, they're my mother and my brothers. They are my family. And, and so for some of you say, man, I don't really have a lot of close family. Look around. You just got a whole bunch. This is family that God wants to, to have that happen in your life. And, and family, they run on relationship rules. You break those rules, you're going to have trouble. As a church, as we continue to grow, we want to have relationships that, that work. Um, Proverbs 25, uh, uh, it also talks about, you know, uh, how to uh, lose friends. If you have too many friends, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't need any more. Here's a couple things you can try. Proverbs 25, 17. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you, and they will hate you. So if you get a friend and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I finally have a friend, and you go there every single day, you won't have one for long. Proverbs 27, 14, it says this, He who blesses his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. I know you guys love to have God do stuff in your life and call me before 8 in the morning to tell me all about it, but it doesn't really bless me the same. Um, wait till like 8, 15, 8, 07 or something, and then, and, and then call me. So the Bible just says, you know, it's, um, don't point fingers. All right, so... Uh, be, be wise in, in, uh, in, your, in your friends uh, and choosing your friends. The Bible talks about this, and this is probably the, the, of the three points I wanted to hear this morning. This would be one of them. Choose your friends wisely. What a lot of us don't realize is that not just as kids, as adults, as we grow uh, and continue to go, the people that we hang around with affect our lives more than we realize. And we have the choice to do that. Are the people that you hang around with, did you choose those people? Or did you just happen to be, you know, hey, we kind of work together. Or, you know, we have this kind of thing in common. Or this is how, this is how we ended up around each other. And now that's, that's why we're friends. Proverbs 12, 26 said, The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. And I'm talking about the close friends in your life. We're not talking about, hey, you know, the, the people you're friendly with. You can be friendly with everyone. It's the people who've got that, that they know the inner heart. They're the ones you're listening to. When you're going through a tough time, you're going to them for advice. Who are they? Uh, your friendships can literally make or break your life. Back in the day, there was a guy named Aesop. He told fables, famous, uh, famous book of fables. Well, one of the ones he told was a, a, of a bunch of turkeys. And I've shared this one here before, but it's to say the turkeys were all on the ground. There was one eagle that would fly around. He was, all, he was always lonely. So he said, I'm going to go hang out with the turkeys. And the turkeys are eating the farmer's corn. And so then all of a sudden, one day, the farmer comes with a net, catches all the turkeys and the eagle and puts them in a bag. And in this story, they can talk. So then uh, they're like, hey, what's going on? And the farmer's like, hey, you stole the corn, so I'm killing you. And he starts taking turkeys out of the bag and chopping their heads off. And the eagles all of a sudden talks to the farmer's like, wait a second, I'm not a turkey. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't eating the corn, you know, smell my breath, look at my teeth, there's no corn, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't me. He said, it doesn't matter. You hang out with turkeys, you get the same punishment and lops off his head. You say, well, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's a nice little story. But being a youth pastor for 10 years, I saw this happen spiritually time and time again. I've seen it with, with people in church. It doesn't matter. It seemed to matter the age. The, the, the people that choose to hang out with turkeys end up dying spiritually. They, they hang out with thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. It's not going to affect me. Uh, you know, I can, do, I can do both sides. But it, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't actually work that way. In our leadership studies, we've learned, too, that the five people you hang around with the most, the five closest people to you, if you think about those people, those five people are influencing you to the point where you will become the kind of common denominator of those five people. So take a second right now and, and just ask yourself, who are the five closest people in my life right now? Now do it. 
Who are the five closest people in your life right now? Are they the people that you've chosen? <laughs> Don't sigh. <sighs> Especially if they're your family. I mean, sheesh. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's you. It's you. Oh, yeah. Do I want to be like them? I don't know. Uh, but see, a lot of times we don't really think about it. And yet the Bible says, hey, choose your friends wisely. Have some thought put into who you're hanging around with. James chapter 4, he, um, he, he doesn't pull any punches in James. Uh, he says this, you adulterers and adulteresses. Uh, it just starts name calling. And he says, hey, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Thinking, man, those are like hard words. Those, those are pretty tough things. And we're like, but Mark, aren't we supposed to be friendly with people? Yeah, it's not what it's saying. So before you like get, get too upset uh, and just tune out, listen to the full thought here. What, what's he saying? He's not talking about being friendly with the world. He's talking about allowing the world to change you. Are you the person who's affecting the world around you or, or are they affecting you? And that's something that, uh, that we need to look at. You know, the Pharisees called Jesus the friend of sinners, but he really wasn't. It wasn't this thought that he was just, you know, hanging out with them to do their kind of stuff. You know, when Jesus was hanging out with the prostitute, uh, it, it, she was brought to him. And uh, uh, what had happened there? He says, hey, listen, you know what? You're forgiven. Go sin no more. Her life became changed. It wasn't like he was like, okay, when everybody leaves, we're going in the back room, you and me. You know, it wasn't one of those thoughts. It was like, hey, my, the, her life was forever changed because she'd been around Jesus. Zacchaeus, you know, this, this guy that uh, he meets and he goes to his house, he's hanging out there and they're like, oh, he hangs out with the tax collectors. What happened with Zacchaeus? They weren't like planning a Ponzi scheme, you know? Hey, Zacchaeus, you're good with money and I need some. Like, you know, let's, let's, I got people following me, let's figure it out. No, he said, Zacchaeus, just in that, in that moment of being with Jesus, his life was like so convicted. He's saying, you know, I'm giving away everything I stole. I, I, my life is going to be changed. I'm going to make things right. The people who come into your life, what's the result of that? Is it, is, are their lives being changed or are you slowly being changed yourself to a place that, that you, you know, if you look down the road, hey, that's not where I want to end up. Why does God care so much? He cares so much because, you know, he says in Proverbs, the way of the wicked leads them astray. It doesn't work the other way. It doesn't work that, you know, the people that you have closest in your life, that, that you will uh, draw them up. They will drag you uh, down. Matthew five thirteen verse 16 says this in the, in the New Living. It talks about being the, the light of the world. It talks about being the salt of the earth. If salt's no longer salty, then it's not useful for anything. If light's covered up, it's not useful for anything. And, and he's saying the same thing uh, to us. Salt back then was for preservation. It was to, to keep uh, food uh, preserved. And it was the same thought he was saying to them. Hey, your lives, the fact that you're different is to help preserve the people around you. But if that preservation uh, uh, characteristic is gone, it, it's, it's not good for anything anymore. It should be uh, doing a cha- uh, making a change. Same with light. If it's covered up, it's not useful for anything anymore. But it's the, the greatest part of that whole thought was that the light would shine, that they would see good works in your life, and that that would lead them to Jesus. That would lead them to glorify God. So choosing your friends wisely are the people that you're hanging around with inspiring you to be, you know, uh, run after Christ, grow in your relationship with God? Can you talk about spiritual things with them? Or is, uh, do, you have, do you have any friends that you say, hey, that's not awkward? Those are the people that he's saying, hey, surround your life with uh, for, for your good. Uh, second thought, don't lend money to friends. You know, the Bible just talks about he who walks with the wise becomes wise. Solomon was a wise man. And he, he said... Um, in Proverbs 6, do we have that? I'll see if I can find it here. Proverbs 6, verse 1 to 5. 
You say maybe, hey, Mark, you know what? You don't know my situation. You don't know my friends. I lent them 20 bucks, and it was all good. It just, just says this. My child, if you've put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you've trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself, for you've placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. He's like saying, hey, if, you, if you've got yourself in this place where, you're, where you've lent something that you can't afford to get out of that, you say, oh, you know, you don't, you don't understand. I, it's different for me, but it's not. It's amazing in how the Bible, like I said, knows the, knows the human heart. Back in the day when I was in Bible school, I had a best buddy. And uh, I mean, we were great, great friends. We, we were so close uh, that, you know, he'd come over to my house when I wasn't there to hang out with my stuff. Uh, I'd come home from work and, and there I could see, oh, there's his shoe and there's the other one. There's toast on the half, a, you know, eat piece of eaten toast on the counter. And I'm like, oh, Craig's here. You know, and I'd go through the house and try and find him. He's either sleeping in my bed or somewhere like, you know, playing video games. He just, he made himself at home. He was uh, like, a, like a brother to me. And for two years, we were like, like just yeah, anytime, all the time, we're hanging out. And then all of a sudden, he borrowed a friend's car, but didn't have his license or insurance, and uh, drove that car into a tree uh, on the way home from Bible school. And so then he went back, and he's like, he had to pay for it. Well, he's in Bible school. He's got no money. So he, he comes to his best buddy in the world and says, hey, can I borrow like $1,000 to fix this car? This was like a long time ago. It was worth like at least 10 grand now, right? So he says, uh, he says to me, hey, can I borrow a thousand bucks? I'm like, ah, man, I'm in Bible school too. I don't have a thousand dollars. He's like, do you know anyone who does? I'm like, yeah, my brother does. So sure enough, he, he goes and asks my younger brother, hey, can I borrow a thousand bucks to fix the car? And my brother's not in Bible school. He hasn't read Proverbs. He doesn't know. He lends him a thousand dollars. This is like one month before school is out. Then, you know, he fixes the car and you try and get the $1,000. No, never see it, never see it. He's all of a sudden, he's like, you know, okay, yeah, I'll pay you. I'll pay you at graduation day. Okay, I'll be there. Graduation day, oh, you know, so happy, leaves, never see him again. Craig, if you're listening, we forgive you. Just call me, brother. Um, it's uh, gone. A friendship that was so tight, gone. Why? Just a simple wisdom thing. Don't lend your friends money. If you've got people that are bothering you, though, it works the other way, too. Lend them some money. They won't come bother you anymore. Proverbs talks about that. You know, your wealth has the opportunity to uh, make friendships. Some of you here, you're rather wealthy. You need to ask yourself too. Like the Bible just says this in Proverbs 19.4, wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. In 19 verse 6, it says, many entreat the favor of nobility. They want to hang out with the, the king and the popular people. And every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. Heard a quote this week, prosperity begets friends, but adversity proves them. If you've got, if you've got some coin, uh, you've got opportunities to make a lot of friends. You, people love to hang around with rich people. But if that's the case, you've got to ask yourself, are these real friends in my life? You know, if I was poor, would they still be here? Would they be here through the, through the tough times? Uh, it's one of the thoughts that Proverbs is saying. But the other side of the coin is this, that you have the opportunity to build for friendships and relationships by being a person who's giving. He says it doesn't have to be expensive, it doesn't have to be... Uh, uh, big toys or whatever. But the thing, a person who gives compliments, a person who realizes in your marriage even, that you realize, you know what, I'm not looking at this relationship for what I can get. What can I give? Did you come here this morning to church and say, what, uh, what can I get from this morning? You know, hopefully I get there in time to get two brownies. You know, or was it this thought of, you know, what can I give? How can I be a blessing in someone's life? Have I thought about that this morning? Um, you can't buy real friends, but you can definitely build real friendships by p 
pouring into them. There was a story of a young kid. He watched this guy drive up in a red convertible, and he saw this guy pull up and get out, and he walked up to me and said, Sir, where did you get that nice car? And he says, You won't believe it, but my brother gave it to me. And the little boy was looking at him and said, Wow, you know what? Someday when I grow up, I really wish that I, and the man finished his sentence, you wish you had a brother like mine, don't you? He's like, no. He says, I really wish I could be a brother like yours so I could give a car like this to my brother someday. I thought, man, who thinks like that? Nobody. That's why they write stories about it. But, you know, it's a good lesson for us to say, can we think that way of saying, can we be a blessing to someone else? Because everything in our culture says, take, 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 take. And what we need to realize is we do that in our lives, and that passes on to our relationships, and we take, take, take from one another. And he says that the, the trick to real relationship or trick, the principle is just give. Be a giver in your relationships. And the last, um, last thought, don't allow a bruise to kill you. Don't allow a bruise to kill you. This morning at the cafe, there was the girls were there and they were like showing off their bruises and they're like, you know, I can't believe, yeah, I know. I was like, uh, it's not from their husbands. I don't know what it's from. They, uh, but uh, they, they, back there, there's so, I was like thinking, yeah, you know what? I was like looking at them like, yeah, they got some bruises, but they're not dead. You know, I think, you know, that's, uh, that, that's something that happens in relationships too often is that the bruises that are, that are meant to happen in our lives end up killing us. The Bible just says in Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds. The word wounds is bruises. Faithful are the wounds or bruises of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, for everybody who's just speaking good into your life and saying, oh, everything's okay and doesn't really care about you, they're not true friends. But what so often happens in friendships and relationships is when someone speaks into your life and it hurts a little. You know it's right. You know it's true. You know they got your back and you know they love you and it hurts. Too often we allow those bruises to kill the relationships. Happens in marriages, happens in friendships, happens in families. It was never meant to be a death blow. You know, if you've if you got genuine friends, you've got the opportunity to speak into their lives. But you also have the obligation to. When you see your friend going down a path they shouldn't be going, you are the one who has the chance to speak into their life. That's not the pastor's job. It's not like, hey, Mark, my friend's doing this. You know, go in there with a heavy and be like, the Lord's thus saith the Lord, and you know, they'll change. No, no, he's saying that to you. You have the chance to speak into their lives and talk to them and, and say, you know what, hey, buddy, you know, the way you're treating your wife, it, it's just not good. You know, that, that doesn't look uh, well. You know, the, the thoughts about, hey, are... are uh, you know, hey, you're drinking too much alcohol. Man, I'm, I'm worried and concerned about you. Oh, you don't know. You know, or, you know, are you struggling with addiction? Or what about your health? You know, are you taking care of, care of yourself? The friends can, you know, de- definitely don't do that to somebody you don't know. Uh, but friends can share some of those thoughts with each other. You know what often happens? The Bible talks about being iron sharpening iron. You hit those two things together, what happens? Sparks fly. It's like all of a sudden, it, 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 it's on. And I want to encourage you that if you ever have to have those kind of awkward conversations with somebody, that the chances are it's not going to go well. So in Canada, we get real polite too often. We just lie, you know. We just tell everybody, everything's fine, man. It's all good. We, we don't want confrontation. Why? Because we just don't know how to do it with excellence. I, I want to tell you that you're not going to avoid it, not in genuine friendship, not in a church where people are real and honest with each other. You're not going to avoid it. So I want to give you a few thoughts this morning just on how to not, not only survive it, but uh, excel in it. And, and a couple thoughts is this. Number one, communicate. Communicate. Know where, when, and how. Uh, the Bible teaches us in Matthew 18. If, some, if you're angry at someone, it says this in Matthew 18. If you're angry with somebody, go to them. Go to them. Go speak to them. And, you know, the Bible's a big, big on this dealing with things face to face. You know, if, uh, if they said, well, they didn't have text back then. They wouldn't. But if the verse was back, uh, was written today, it would say this. If, um, if you're angry at somebody, 
do not text them. Do not inbox them. Do not email them. Do not put it on Facebook. Do, but directly go to them. Go speak with them face to face. Why? You know, I've seen marriages fall apart over text. Literally. I've seen, I've seen relationships where somebody reads something and they're like, we got to talk. And they're like, what does that mean? We got to talk. We, we got to talk. You're in trouble. You know, we got to talk. You know, I don't know what this is. You know, what's it, what's it mean? Why? Because we read it in the way that we see it. And, and, uh, and, and what we're going through. So it says, go face to face. You know, think about timing, where, when, and how. Don't do, you know, yet something you got to talk about a friend. You're sitting here this morning like, yep, I got to go do it. Don't do it here. You know, don't do it in public. Don't do it uh, in the middle of the night. Don't call them uh, at a bad time. Don't do it right before you go to work if it's your wife. You know, hey, hon, I got to tell you this, blah, 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 and leave. Do it in a place where there's going to be a chance for that to work through. Don't judge their motives as to why they did what they did or why you think they did something because you will always get it wrong. So often we have this thought of, hey, I know why they said that. I know why they did that. They're like this. And you know what? You get it wrong. You've hurt yourself before you ever get there. The Bible just says, go and speak to them uh, from the heart. And you know, you may find yourself in the other spot. Well, yeah, I'm the one who's right. You know, it's not my problem. You know, the Bible just says in Matthew 5, 23, it says if someone, if you're going to worship God and you remember, you remember in your heart that someone has something against you, if you're the one who's right, they're, they're angry with you, it says what? Go to them. Go to them. Go make it right. We've got so many, so many opportunities where, where things are not right and all of a sudden offense starts to happen. Bitterness starts to take place and the root gets deeper and deeper. Uh, my wife, is she here? Okay. We did a renovation recently, and uh, right at the beginning of the re- renovation, it was supposed to be this thing for our 10th anniversary, you know, we're just uh, saying, instead of going on a trip, let's like have a kitchen. I was like, yeah, it's really cool. But right before it happened, man, we got in a big fight, and um, I knew, I said some stuff I never should have said. You know, I did all the stuff that I, I, I that I should, I'm telling you not to do. I, I did all that, and um, I said things that I wish I could take back, and I tried, and, and it was like, honey, I'm really, really sorry. I looked, and she's not buying it. I'm like, I'm really, really, really sorry, and like, no, and I'm like, man, okay, Beth, it's Saturday, all right? I need to be forgiven before I go to church. I can't preach on a guilty conscience. You know, please, please forgive me and let this go. No. All right, so I went, and I, I, I don't know what that, I don't know what that Saturday was like, but I, I mean, all I could think about the whole time is, man, you know, I, Beth, it's, we're just not right. Something's, and then there's that gap, and you know, going home like, oh man, you know, and, and I was really bad. I mean, it was, I deserved everything I got. So, you know, but no forgiveness Saturday night. Uh, uh, no forgiveness Sunday morning either. I had to do two services, you know, with a guilty conscience. Like, sheesh, you know, this is, this is awful. And, and um, what I started realizing is afterwards, you know, she, she apologized and said, you know, sorry for letting you go through all of that, you know, the punishments, whatever. But realize what happens. It, it, you know, one day can turn into two. The offense begins to build offense, and pretty soon it's bricks and it's blocks, and you build a wall, and pretty soon you can't even have the communication back and forth anymore. And it happens all the time. Why? Because we allow the bruises sometimes to, to become more than that. Don't let offense or bitterness fester in there. Uh, you know, if you go and talk to somebody and they're like right angry, don't go up to their emotional level and just like, Rah! just, you know, the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. If, if we just say, okay, you know what? We say, I get you feel that way uh, and, and work through those things. Um, you know, a lot of times we have this idea that we got to be right. You know, got to be right. In the end, I would ask you to look at the value of relationship uh, as being higher than the value of being right. You, know, you can be right and really unhappy. Or you can have a relationship and realize, hey, whatever, and this is how. Forgive quickly. 
And the Bible talks about that, that you know, we, we've been forgiven so much. Christ has forgiven us for so much. And to pass that forgiveness on to one another in our relationships, no matter where it may happen. Um, I, my buddy Dakota, he lives across the uh, um, uh, road from me. He used to be that kid who came over to my house every day, uh, four times, knock, 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 and uh, hey, want to play Xbox? And yeah, so we do. Uh, and, and Dakota and I, um, I, I love to have him. Oh, there he is. I love to have him over because... Um, because I have this NHL 2013, and so I, I would end up playing uh, video games with him, and I'd whoop him every time, like eight nothing. You know, I, I didn't know why he'd come back. You know, it was like this: he'd go home, and he went and bought the game, and he got Aaron Constable to practice with him so he could come over and, and beat me. And, and then he's playing. He come over, and one day he's like, "I played 13 games to practice, and he lost seven nothing." I'm just like, "Bud, you got to stop with this whole pride coming in and gonna humble you every time, right?" So he comes, he comes over. Well, the thing is, now he started getting good. Uh, last night he beat me six nothing. I, okay, I told him. All right. So, but but there was this. You know, as we go, it's like we get up to these scores, and he just like push the button and reset the game. You know, it started all over. Like, oh come on, man! It's like five nothing in the first. Now zero zero. I would encourage you with that same thought, you know, and you're living in life and, and that person just can't get it right and they keep screwing up and keep screwing up, to do one of these things. Press the reset button and say, hey, let's start, let's start at square one. All those things, yeah, you know what? You can't make up for all the stupidity you did. So we're just going to forget about all that. I'm not going to mention it again. Forgiveness is not a thing in your heart where like in your mind where you forget everything. It's just I choose not to speak of those things again. I choose not to bring those things up again. I'm resetting. Let's start at zero. Let's at least give this relationship a chance. I would encourage you to push the reset button in your life. A couple weeks ago with the testimonies, Libya, I love the story of forgiveness. And I hear people keep talking about that, that idea of I'm prepared to forgive for the stuff they haven't even done yet. Why? It ends with this thought. The relationships, all of these principles work. Uh, they work everywhere, but they work best when uh, your relationship with God is primary. See, because if you don't understand how much you've been forgiven, it's really hard to forgive the person uh, who's done you wrong. But it's not very hard when you realize, man, I owed a much bigger debt to him and he's washed it away. I can extend forgiveness. You know, in your relationships, if you realize that in Christ, I am unconditionally loved. Like the verses say that when you begin to believe those here, you no longer have to, you know, um, have the, something from someone else. You're able to share love with them. Yeah, they're a screw-up, but you know what? I love them because I'm a screw-up and he loves me. You know, there's, there's some of the, that, that thought. The other thought is when you realize there's joy and fulfillment in your life because of the relationship that you have with Christ, you stop being a needy person where you need everyone else to pick you up and you need everyone else to be that in your life. That relationship with God is primary. So, so, so important. You know, Moses, it says he talked with God like a friend. Abraham just believed God and God called him his friend. I'd want to encourage you with that thought of friendship with God is something he wants with you. He gave his son, gave his life for that, you know, and the chance for you to be able to just grow in favor, grow in relationship with God and grow with men. So what the Bible says about Jesus, he grew in favor with God and with men, and it's in that order. So I encourage you this morning to say, you know, if your relationship with God, you feel like, man, I haven't really thought about that much. You don't have to do a whole lot of things different. The Bible just said last week, do first things first. Just say, okay, God, I know that you've forgiven. You've taken care of it. Let's start from here. Let's push reset. Let's start, let's start over again. He wants to do that in your life. It's more if you don't know him. <laughs> you know, it's not just a thing where people get together and do Sunday morning because that's what you do on Sundays. You go to church. It's the opportunity to know and have a living, walking, breathing relationship with Jesus Christ. Washes guilt, washes shame, washes all that away and gives you a chance to have real life, real relationships, to work through those things 
And I, and I know that for some of you, are like, hey, you're in really tough spots. And is this a guarantee that this is going to fix all? No, it's not. Because unfortunately, there's another person on the other end of this. So I want to encourage you with the thought, too, that you can only be responsible for what you can do. But you have the chance to do relationships in a different way. If you do it the same way all the time, it will be the same results. If you choose to do something different, you have the opportunity to see different results in your, in your life and your relationships. I just believe that for you. I think, you know, the, the, the prayer request beforehand said, God, we want restoration of relationships. Please take the wisdom, the principles of his word and put those into practice and see it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that's relevant to us today. Thank you that it matters. <laughs> thank you that uh, you gave your son for us. For all the spots where we've messed up, Lord, you've made it right. I, I just thank you for that this morning. If there's people here who don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would just have a sense of how alive and real you are, that they would know that uh, you love them unconditionally and that you want relationship with them. Lord, for those of us who've been walking with you and, and, and uh, following you, I pray that today that would only grow stronger, that uh, we would do this day with you uh, and it, that, that would affect the way we do life with those around us. Thank you again for this amazing family that you've put together. Pray you bless them today as they go out and enjoy your, uh, your beautiful nature uh, and each other. Lord, I pray again your protection and safety over them uh, as we head out from this place. May we be a blessing to the world around us for your kingdom, for your cause, for your name. Uh, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.